Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast for Thursday, September the 15th, 2022. What to do when enthusiasm wanes. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio, version 2.0. If this is the first time that you've clicked play, you're confused about version 2.0. There was version 1.0, now I'm in version 2.0. Version 2.0 is fixing to go away. In fact, by the time you're listening to this, it could easily be gone already. I don't know. It clearly isn't gone as I'm recording this because... I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm in the Yellow Studio 2.0. Newsflash, I'm not recording this on September the 15th, but that's when you're hearing it or later in the year 2022. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. I appreciate you clicking play. Success is the ability to move from one failure to another without loss of enthusiasm. We've all seen that quote. Is it right? I don't know. Let's talk about that and some other things. It's often attributed to Winston Churchill or Abraham Lincoln. Now, there's no evidence that either of them said it or wrote it. Success is the ability to move from one failure to another without loss of enthusiasm. I'm, I, I question it. I'm not so sure that it's even accurate. I mean, during journeys towards success, I think there's ups and downs, and there can absolutely be a loss of enthusiasm along the way. I would agree that there is not a loss of enthusiasm well, let's put the word sustained in front of enthusiasm. You can't move from one failure to another and sustain a loss of enthusiasm. You got to find a way to get enthusiasm back, which kind of prompts the subject. Well, what do you do when enthusiasm wanes, when your enthusiasm just starts to drop sometimes like a rock. Now, Winston Churchill and Abraham Lincoln are certainly men who did speak and write about resilience and persistence, never giving up. So it would seem congruent that one of them might have said, or might have written that quote, except for the poor person who said it and doesn't get accurately attributed. It doesn't really matter. There is some wisdom in it because experience tells us that I guess it's mostly accurate. If we think about enthusiasm, just being completely depleted. I don't know that the author of that quote necessarily meant that you lose enthusiasm completely. It depends on how you define enthusiasm. And I think a lot of people, they use the synonym exuberance, you know, just cheerful, happy, excited. You know, we say somebody, man, that was an enthusiastic presentation and when we use it like that, which is mostly how you hear it, we mostly, I think, mean animated. It was a real animated presentation, a real animated speech. Uh, it was a real animated meeting. Well, some of us are not so animated. You know, meaning arms moving and hyper excited. And yeah, some of us are way more zen than that. And others, well, they're that way, and they're that way all the time. Probably best to find some, strike some balance in between. Let me give you my definition, especially as it relates to that quote. Success is the ability to move from one failure to another without loss of enthusiasm. Because I do mostly agree with it in the sense that you just have got to keep on digging. you got to keep on grinding it out. You can't be knocked down and out. You can be knocked down, but just at least try to get back up because there are some things that are worth fighting for. There are some things that when our enthusiasm wanes, we probably should check ourselves and try to fight 
to regain some enthusiasm because some things are just worth it. So here's how I'm defining enthusiasm, at least for the context of this conversation. And that is the ability to persist, to push through regardless of the adversity, the ability to persist, to push through regardless of the adversity. Now you can interpret it differently, but I'm just giving you the context for this episode. That definition feels right to me because success requires each of us to do things that we may not want to do things that we may not enjoy doing, but we do it and we do it because we are pursuing something that we think we believe will be worth the sacrifice, worth the effort. Let me tell you the genesis of this. The genesis of this was the examination from a safe distance of marriages in trouble. At any given moment, there are lots of marriages in trouble. No, mine's not. Well, I don't think so. I guess you'd have to ask my wife. Um, is our marriage perfect? Not by a long shot. Will it ever be? Not by a long shot. And you know the reason why? Because neither of us is perfect. It might be helpful if one of us were, but neither of us is. So there's that. I started following this Facebook group. It was a private group and it's, it's produced by a gentleman who has kind of made it his life's work prompted by his own experience with his own marriage that was in trouble some years ago to help men. And it's pardon ladies, but it's a men's only group. And he is exhorting men to do the heavy lifting to fight for their marriage. And there's a lot of exhortation to be the guy you need to be, be the man you need to be. And I dove into it because I had, I had somebody in my sphere of life who was going through some pretty big marriage problems and challenges. And I was merely looking in the ether to see what's what's out there. What, what resources are available to try to help a guy figure out how to fight for his marriage, fight for change that he may need to make, and, you know, to push through this adversity and to persist. Now, it's, it's especially challenging because we're talking about a marriage, so we're talking about two people. I mean, it's one thing for me to just make a decision on some change that I need to make and then, okay, just set about making it, but add another person to it. And now you've got that added component of that interaction and how they see the world, how they communicate, how they see their place in the world, how they view you and whether they've got the motivation or the inspiration to push through the adversity on their part. So you can only do what you can do. I think that's an enormous challenge in a lot of marriages. One person wants to persist and push through no matter the adversity, the other person eh, less so, (laughs) right? One person may lose the enthusiasm for it. So this was four or five years ago. And I get in this group and I stay I stay, it's a Facebook group, it's a private Facebook group. And I I stay in this group and I kind of keep up with stuff that's in there. And again, I dove into it on behalf of someone that I knew. In fact, I contacted the gentleman who runs it. And I said, listen, this doesn't apply to me. I'd like to be in the group and here's why. And so he, he happily let, let me in. And I wanted to know more about his program and kind of what he did. And, and I found it very, 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 very interesting. And the testimonials for the work that, that he does, and it's not a money grab. There's an awful lot of work that he does for absolutely no money at all. Uh, he does have some really cost-effective programs, uh, but you can tell if, if you communicate with the guy at all, you can tell that's not what this is all about. This is a real passion project because he was a guy in trouble. He was a guy in big trouble and he was a guy about to lose his wife. 
I mean, you talk about a waning enthusiasm. That may be an understatement. But he persisted. He pushed through, and it was huge adversity. It was a big mountain to climb, but he started doing the climbing. And there was no pressure really put on her other than he just wanted to demonstrate, I'm fighting for this. I'm fighting for you. I'm fighting for our relationship. And lo and behold, he, he turned it around. Well, that has just stuck with me for a number of years. So it's in that context. I don't know what you were thinking when you heard the title, what to do when enthusiasm wanes, but it, that was the genesis of this whole idea. I started kind of noodling it and thinking about it and it was the marriage relationship. Well, now there's plenty of other relationships that are like that. Sometimes we fall out, right? We fall out with people. Sometimes they fall out with us. Sometimes we fall out with them. Sometimes we fall out together. It happens. I have found, and let's just go ahead and cut to the chase that when enthusiasm wanes, if we don't do something to course correct sooner than later, the enthusiasm can not only wane, but it can be lost. And in some cases it can never be recaptured. You've seen that. You've likely experienced it. I was trying to think of some example of, you know, some things that I was enthusiastic about and, and mostly the things that leap to my mind are things that are related to kind of youth pursuits. My grandsons, my oldest grandsons are really into baseball cards and sports cards. You know, it's had this resurgence over the last five years or so. Uh, these are kids that are, you know, just starting high school and in junior high. So they're, you know, they're teenagers, but they've been into this for a little over a year, maybe two. And I remember my son who's now 42 and boy, he was into it. He was really into it. I never was as a kid. It was just never, it was just never my thing. I like sports. Don't get me wrong, but I wasn't a baseball fan. And back when I was a kid, it was mostly baseball cards. And had I been a baseball fan probably would have been involved in it, but I wasn't. So I didn't, um, over time, you know, my son had a huge collection. He still has a chunk of it, but he, he grew up. And his enthusiasm waned for it. Now you can't just describe that to age because I know plenty of grown men who are as into it, if not more so today than they were as kids, because well, now they got money and now they're spending big money, but it probably is pretty typical to be more of a young person's thing. Cause as you get older, there's other stuff. And so I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking, well, enthusiasm wanes. It's probably not because they, they lose love for baseball cards or sports cards. There's just other things that crowd it out. So I go over to the Facebook group that I've referred to this guy who helps men try to save their marriages. And I'm looking through and I'm thinking about that. And I'm, I'm, and of course, as you would imagine, there are a number of guys who have issues with alcohol, uh, with drugs, with pornography, with all kinds of things that have come in and insert been inserted into the marriage relationship that are kind of putting a chokehold on it. And I thought, well, you know, now it's vastly more important. A marriage is vastly more important than your sports card collections. But it's the same kind of a principle that seems to be in place. When enthusiasm wanes, it quite often is other things have squeezed it out. And sometimes, as in the case with some of these men, the thing that has squeezed out the relationship, the marriage, these are not good things. Sometimes these are enemies that we let into our mind. Sometimes these are enemies that we let into our life. Now with the sports cards, not so much. Other interests just come in. You get older, cars, dating girls, and all that stuff, and life takes over. Maybe music. You know, music was more my thing. I collected music. Now, that has never left me. I don't do it to the degree that I once did it because, well, I grew up. 
Now, other things came into play. Other things started putting some pressure on it. Now, the things that put pressure on my enthusiasm for music did not make my enthusiasm for music wane. It did make my schedule, the importance, the urgency that music once held for me as a teenager. It absolutely made that wane. And quite frankly, that was a good thing. I mean, that was wisdom. It was just wisdom in recognizing that something else over here is more important. And namely it was a girl. It was a girl who's been my wife for nearly 45 years. I didn't abandon my love for music. I still love music. I still listen to a lot of music. I still, you know, capture a lot of music buy a lot of music. Um, I, I love it but I don't love it more than her. And I think that's a, that's a big deal. I, I, I say it constantly. You probably get tired of hearing it. If everything is important, then nothing is important. And I think it plays into this conversation about enthusiasm because if our marriages, for instance, these men who are fighting for their marriage, and in many cases it is due to their poor behavior, it's due to their inability to guard and protect their own life and the relationship. It's not always the case, but quite frequently it's the case. And what I really kind of love about the, the group is there's no focus on, well, I won't say there's no focus, but there's, there doesn't seem to me to be an incredible amount of focus on, well, you get her to do this. There there's no manipulation. It's you working on yourself. It's you looking in the mirror and boy, did that resonate with me when I first came upon this, like I said, five years ago, give or take, it was the first thing that jumped out at me. Here we are in, in a land of excuse making and in a land where there's some explanation for every bad behavior we just, we just work like demons to avoid accountability and responsibility. We work like demons to make sure that we have a proper excuse for why we did something that was really stupid and foolish. And in some cases, wicked and evil, but it's not our fault. It's just not our fault. Well, you know, sometimes it is. What was that? There was an Eb Dawson. You remember Eb from Green Acres? What was the quote? You know, sometimes you lose your sometimes you lose your money and sometimes it's just, you know, because you're stupid. I butchered that, but it's words to that effect, but it's completely accurate. Eb Dawson. Who who would think Eb Dawson's going to be the epitome of wisdom? Well, here he is. He made his appearance today, September the what did I tell you this was? Oh, I got to look at my calendar. September the 15th. Did I say 18th earlier? I may have pardon me. So that really jumped out at me, this personal accountability, you know, just own it, take responsibility for it. Now, what are you going to do about it? Full well, knowing that what you do, she may rebuff that she may not, she may not accept it. I mean, you may have gone too far down this road. She may, she may be done, but the encouragement of this group, which I love is fight anyway, fight anyway, because the subtext underneath it all is you're worth working on. So you do the work, you become a better human. You become a better man. First of all, you become a better husband secondarily. And if she responds great, but if she doesn't, you still need to be doing this work. And I rather loved that. I rather loved that. I've said for a long time, you may have heard me say it. I'm, I don't know if I've said it here or not, but I have another podcast that I do with a co-host. It's a city government leadership podcast. I do, I do a lot of coaching with executives and leaders. And when asked, well, well what do you do exactly? My best explanation for through the years has been, I help people paint themselves into a corner where they're all the excuses are out of the room. 
there's no more excuses in the air. And now they are face to face with a mirror and they have to look at the mirror and it's a corner because the corner metaphorically represents there's nowhere to go except forward. You can't back up anymore. You're going to have to look in the mirror and you're going to have to figure out a way forward. That's the work. That's what I do professionally. Now, some people will, you know, they'll bark back. Oh, so you paint people in, no, I don't paint people in a corner. I help them paint themselves into a corner. Me painting them in a corner ain't going to help. We've all got to paint ourselves into a corner. So when I see this group doing this and I'm thinking about enthusiasm and a loss of enthusiasm, I'm thinking about a loss of romance. I'm thinking about a loss of a relationship and I guarantee we've all thought this. A man and a wife walk down the aisle. They put rings on each other's fingers. They make these vows and they love each other. Maybe they lust each other. They're passionate, whatever. And then you fast forward and the hatred is remarkably deep. Do you ever wonder how did we get here? (laughs) How did you get there? How did you get from one to the other? I'm fascinated by all those little steps in between, which was another impetus for me thinking about this and hitting record today. You realize that when enthusiasm has waned so much that it's over, whatever it is, a relationship, I'm not going to collect baseball cards anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm really into music, but I'm not going to be into music anymore. I really love this, but I don't love that anymore. I'm going to stop doing it. I really loved this job. I loved this career, but nah, I'm done. I want to do something different. Whatever it is that you went from some, some degree of affection for it to a lower degree of affection. And it's like, okay, well, was it like a volume knob where you went from a, a really loud volume of 10 and you just grabbed the knob and you just turned it all the way to the left to zero. No. No, it was a slow, steady decline. Now let's stick with this whole marriage, this private group thing to kind of serve as our metaphor. Yes. Sometimes there is sometimes there's a big volume knob moment because infidelity came into the marriage. And yet, even in that moment, in that moment where one spouse discovers that the other spouse has betrayed them in the most deep way that you can betray a person, you and I both know that for the other person, the volume knob wasn't just, it wasn't just turned. It's like, how does that happen? My wife and I, when we were the early years of our marriage, she had an acquaintance. Well, I I knew them as well. And this person was constantly talking about guys hitting on her. And I remember asking Rhonda and listen, we're not as attractive as we want. Well, I'm not as attractive as I once was, um, you know, but Rhonda was, was then is, is still to me now an attractive woman. And I'm like, you know, does that, does that ever happen? And she's like, no, no. I mean, first off, everybody knows I'm married. And I said, well, have you ever, do you ever hear guys talk about that? Cause occasionally I'll hear guys talk about, you know, some girl looking them over or whatnot. And she said, well, you, and I said, no, but come on, look at me. <laughs> but we both kind of concluded people don't do that because we've, we put up, we've got this invisible wall that we put up. I've never been approached it. Well, I take that back female occasionally in my career. I've had female salespeople try to use their, their assets <laughs> to get a purchase order. No, it has not worked. I have quickly dismissed them and moved on about my business. Um, but I know exactly what's going on. You know, I'm not suckered into, to that like some guys might, but my point was you don't even let the enthusiasm begin to wane 
because something inserts itself or you allow something to insert itself in this case, in our marriage, in our relationship, it's just unacceptable. Now I get that not everybody makes that commitment. I understand, but I'm kind of fascinated with the husband or the wife that they're unfaithful. And all of a sudden the other spouse is informed about it. Never saw it, never suspected it. And find out it's been going on for a year and a half and you're thinking, okay, well now let's rewind the tape. Shall we let's rewind the tape to a year and a half earlier. You and I both know it didn't start a year and a half. I'm the, the actual infidelity may have, but, ah, the, 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 the tempting and the teasing and the whatever else that was that started prior to a year and a half ago. That's when enthusiasm was waning. I'm not saying there aren't reasons for it. I'm not even saying that there might not be excuses for it, but I don't think there are excuses for it when it comes to the things that should really be important and the things that are worth the sacrifice and the effort. So my question would be for that unfaithful spouse who decided to embrace the teasing, the temptation, the deep conversations, things getting a little bit more personal and full well knowing that they were headed that direction. But something about it that you just kind of like, right? It's just kind of titillating. Meanwhile, you got this marriage. And I'm still fascinated by not having the thought that sacrificing this moment, sacrificing this feeling, the effort, the effort for the marriage is worth it. Now, I think we both really know the answer to this. And to me, it seems the answer is just path of least resistance. It's much easier to embrace an instant good feeling. Somebody shows us some attention. We're sticking with our marriage metaphor. They show us some attention. They talk to us. They're interested in us. They listen. We can relate. They express some value in us and we see value in them. And one thing leads to another. And the next thing you know, it's gone way too far, way easier. I suspect I haven't done it. I've never been tempted to do it, but I suspect knowing us as humans way easier to embrace those good feelings than to face the reality that, you know, man alive. I mean, I got to go home and I need to figure this out. And there's a lot of heavy lifting that we need to do. I've been married long enough to know how difficult it can be to unwind something, but I'm also old enough and wise enough to know how profitable it is to unwind something, you know, to just, to go back, to go back and figure out where might we have gone wrong and can we fix that? Can we change the trajectory? Now I'm going to tell you as an old guy, as an old married guy, I think sameness and complacency are the demons. They are for me. They just are for me. And I believe they are for my wife too. And I think both of us are absolutely positively guilty of sameness and complacency because it's just easy. And as you get older, yeah, you get, you get tired. I don't think, you know, we, we don't get tired of each other, but life just kind of grinds you down. And you just kind of, you get into this rhythm, you get into this mode. Well, some people call it a rut and we've all got these ruts and some of the ruts are really, really comfortable. The problem I think with a marriage and enthusiasm waning with a marriage is when you're in a rut, that's comfortable for you, but it might not be comfortable for her. It might be comfortable, but it's not advisable. It's not, it's. It's not the ideal outcome. I'm a broken record on that too. The ideal, what is the ideal outcome? But that's worth thinking about when we're thinking about enthusiasm. What do you do when enthusiasm wanes? Well, let's jump to it. Number one, you got to recognize it. If you, if you're not in tune with yourself enough to know when you're losing enthusiasm, and we're talking specifically about losing enthusiasm for something that you really 
at least initially, you don't want to lose enthusiasm for something that is worth pursuing because you think it is worth the sacrifice and the effort. Remember, that's how I began this whole conversation. We do things that we don't necessarily want to do things that we may not even enjoy doing, but why do we do it? We do it because we are pursuing something that we think is worth the sacrifice and the effort. So remind yourself of that. And now you got to get in touch with you. I think for all of us, the propensity is to lean toward excuse making and to play the victim and to say, well, in a marriage, for instance, it would be very easy for me to go, well, that's, you know, it's her fault. Well, first off, it probably isn't second of all, even if it is, what difference does it make? And third of all, what am I going to do about it? So in my, in my mind, I'm thinking, it seems to me that it would just be wise to go ahead and push that third thing up to be number one. What am I going to do about it? Okay. Well, am I going to live her life for her? No. Am I going to change her? No. Am I going to manipulate her? Well, I could try, but good luck with that. No, that's not an acceptable answer. So what am I going to do about it? And more precisely and more personally, what am I going to do about my loss of enthusiasm? But if I don't know I'm losing enthusiasm or I don't see it. So a wife has a coworker, he's hitting on her. He kind of likes her. He's attracted to her. We know what's on his mind. She's not thinking it. But all of a sudden, she's got this new man in her life, and he's showing her way more attention than her husband is showing her. And the next thing you know, she's headed down a path that's not going to be good. She has let evil enter into her marriage because it made her feel good, made her feel better than her husband made her feel, bridge too far and all that. But if she doesn't recognize it and she doesn't see, well, the marriage, no. Not going to do this. Doesn't matter what he's done or what he hasn't done. I think the recognition is huge. I think the clarity of that is huge. And I think it's a big challenge for all of us because delusion's easy, super easy. And it feels way better for me to be able to blame you or somebody else or a circumstance or fate or something. I mean, come on, this can't be my fault. My enthusiasm. I can tell you why my enthusiasm is waning. It's because she did this. She did that. She didn't do this. She didn't do that. Well, okay. And you're just laying down and taking it. You're, you're not going to fight for it. The elephant in the room here for all intents and purposes for me. And you know, I am want to bury the lead. The elephant in the room and the lead for me is to fight for the enthusiasm to just fight for the enthusiasm and to fight yourself. I think we have met the enemy and he is us. And I don't care what it is. Some things, sporting cards, not being as into music as you once were. These are really quite frankly, insignificant things. Would they be insignificant things if they were a bigger part of life? For instance, if you are an executive working in a sports card business, if it's your business, that's different. If you are in the music business, if I was in a, if I was a musician and I'm pursuing this dream, okay, it's different, but just as a spectator consumer, that's a, that's a whole different thing. So enthusiasm waning, I guess the point is there's various degrees of this. There's various degrees of importance of these things. I think we can all agree that a marriage is super important. So fight for it. You want to fight for your hobby? I love podcasting. Am I going to fight for podcasting? Well, yes. And I do fight for it. I fight for it every day. And the way that I fight for it every day and the way that I maintain enthusiasm for it every day is because I love it. And I continue to love it. And I continue to find new ways to love it. Here's the rub. My enthusiasm for podcasting doesn't wane because I don't allow it. I intentionally allow my enthusiasm to wane for things that don't matter to me as much 
as podcasting. I'm not saying this is a wise decision, by the way, because <laughs> I think I've talked to you in some prior episodes about how talent is a big differentiator and, you know, come on. Some of us with a lack of talent, we just keep persisting anyway, even though the world is saying, you know, give it up already. <laughs> now, the, listen, the world's not telling me that. You're not telling me that. I'm thankful for you. But you understand. Yes, there's things that have to give. So if I commit hours to podcasting, then those are hours that I don't commit to something else. Well, what is that something else? Well, you happen to be listening to a guy who commits to a few things, a few things. I'm listen. I'm the young man. Speaking of romance, I'm the young man. I had friends who they, they could just, they could just date, right? I mean, date this girl. Okay. Another week date that I could never do that. I just could never do that. I mean, I was just, if I, if I dated somebody and it went well, I, I'm in, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm staying with this. I, I don't, I don't understand the constant. Yeah. You know, I, I like you. We've had fun, but I'm kind of look, yeah, I'm going to keep looking for something better. I'm going to keep looking for somebody better. And I feel that way about activities too. I feel that way about business. I, I feel that way about most everything. Quite frankly, I'm probably loyal to a fault in that regard. So I only divulge that because I'm not a guy who's, man, he's into this and he's into that. And he's in, I'm not, I'm not, I spend time, I spend time studying the Bible. I spend time crafting sermons. That's an important activity. I podcast, I read, I think an awful lot about life and I think an awful lot about life. Well, let me rephrase that. I only think a lot about life in context of spiritual life and eternity. And I think about my wife. Now I'm not saying I don't think about my family and I don't think about grandkids. I, I do, I do, but I have just listed no more than four or five things. And I'm telling you, I'm being truthful. This is a hundred percent. And maybe that's why, you know, enthusiasm waning, maybe Maybe just maybe you could, you would think, well, he, he's got a leg up because he's, you know, he's not, he's not divesting himself of this and that and the other. He's, he's kind of, he's kind of focused on just, uh, on fewer things. Okay. We'll tap the brakes on that idea. Cause I can tell you enthusiasm can wane. I don't care what you're into. I don't care how deeply you're into anything. I don't care if you're deeply into one thing. Enthusiasm can wane. And it can wane for a variety of reasons in my life. I can tell you, I've, I've made the decision. I made the decision that if I don't want the enthusiasm to wane, then I'm going to do something about it. And I've looked at it and I have thought, you know, my enthusiasm has waned because I allowed something else to enter in. And I allowed that to either distract me or I allowed it to take my focus away, or I allowed it to provide some short-term value that would deprive me of a longer-term value because in that moment, maybe I just wasn't willing to make the sacrifice. I wasn't willing to put in the effort. Let me give you a really, really specific illustration. I started a podcast, Hot Springs Village Inside Out, over at HSV or Hot Springs Village, insideout.com. I started it with a co-host. We celebrated our year anniversary and my enthusiasm was waning big time. I mean, big time. And about the time that it was waning, I got COVID. Yeah. And Rhonda got COVID and I just wasn't able to record and it kind of felt pretty good. Cause I was really losing enthusiasm for the whole thing. And I was mainly losing enthusiasm because I had this vision. I had this goal. I had this ideal outcome that I wanted for that podcast. When I started it, I started that podcast out of curiosity about a place that I loved. Well, I found myself, I found my enthusiasm waning, not only for that podcast, but I found my enthusiasm waning for the place. 
Now there's a lot of, a lot of moving parts here. I'll divulge a few, some I won't, but one of them was I had questions and curiosities and I had a co-host and he had a different vision in mind. And for a long time, I kind of held firm and I fought the fight, but the fight, if you want to think about a marriage at some point, I stopped fighting because I just thought, nah, it's just not worth the fight. I just don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to try to push this water up a hill. I've got this really clear vision in my head because I'd been thinking about this podcast for a year before I started it. Well, my poor co-host, I don't know. He had 60 days, 90 days. I had already been living with this idea for a long, long time. So I had a really clear vision in my head. I can make a, a musical metaphor. So a band, they're together, they're playing, they're writing songs, they're developing their craft, man, they got a really clear idea of who they are, their sound, their music, the whole bit. Then a record person comes in. This person doesn't have history with them. This person hasn't been all along the journey and this person's got, they hear something, but they've got a completely different vision. They have a completely different ideal outcome than what this band's got. Hello conflict, right? It happens. It's human nature. There's no judgment here. It is what it is. It doesn't mean people are bad people. Yeah, some people are, but that's not the point. You know, it's just, it's a different viewpoint. So my co-host, you know, he's, yeah, this conversation and that conversation. And I found myself, I found myself participating in episodes that I didn't give a hoot and you know where about. I didn't any more care about this conversation. And I thought, you know, I just, I just don't care about this. I really just don't care about this. And I wasn't at the time necessarily thinking, okay, well, it serves the community. Okay. Well, that's great. And that's wonderful. It's not really why I started this thing, but the thing began to kind of take on a life of its own. That was somewhat different sparked largely because I had a co-host who, who happens to know everything about the place and has been there for a long, long time. Well, he had a vision and instead of us just kind of coming to terms with, okay, you've got a vision and I got a vision. They don't, they're not intersecting fully right now. Let, let's figure this out. And we're two completely different persons. We're two completely different personalities. We operate at a completely different level every single day. Um, does that mean it's not worth it? Oh, no, no. If anything, that means it's well worth it. But my enthusiasm waned. In fact, as I'm recording this today, I've probably been away from that podcast for over a month and I am probably still weeks away from going back because I'm still working through this loss of enthusiasm. I am working like a demon to get my enthusiasm back and working with him to try to explain, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what's going on. And we're working through it. Now the podcast is great and I love it. And I love the community. And I think the podcast is that listen, the podcast is doing well and there's a big temptation, you know, I'll just be the behind the scenes guy. This is, this will be fine. That would be the easy way out. And I'm not saying that I won't take that. See, these are the things that we have to wrestle with though. When enthusiasm wanes, you got to get in touch with it. I am trying desperately to get in touch with it. Okay. Why is my enthusiasm waning? Well, I know exactly why it's waning. Well, okay. What's the remedy for that? Well, I've got other people involved. And so the remedy could be, well, can we, can we work together and get it back? And if we can, we will. And if we can't, then that's okay. Then I can surrender some hosting duties and that won't kill me because I've still got other podcasts. So my point, my point isn't whatever my ultimate decision will be, because quite frankly, I don't yet know. My point is. I recognized it really early on and 
I had conversations about it really early on with my co-host and I continue to have those conversations. I'm not saying that they, they all, you know, I'm not saying that they all went swimmingly. We don't, we're humans. We're humans. There's a lot of give and take, and there's a lot of things that get said that don't get heard and things that get said that necessarily don't get understood and vice versa for us as well. Right. Quite frequently, we don't hear things and we don't understand things. So what am I going to do about it? There's the question of the hour. What am I going to do about it? We're talking about my enthusiasm. So what am I going to do about it? Well, I've told you a few things that I'm doing. I'm talking about it. Number one, I'm acknowledging it. I acknowledged it right out of the gate and I'm talking about it and I'm thinking it through. I'm not going to impose. I'm not going to mandate. I'm not going to manipulate. I could choose to do all of the above. I'm choosing not to do any of the above. It's my podcast. I started it. I could say, listen, off with your head to my co-host. Well, I love the guy. I'm not going to do that. I got way too much respect for the guy. He's poured his heart and soul into this and he's really good. So I'm not that arrogant. I'm not that pompous. I'm not that stupid. So I'm thinking about myself. I'm looking in the mirror and I'm thinking, okay, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? I know you're wrestling with a loss of enthusiasm for something that really is important to you, or at least it once was. Are you willing to say goodbye to it? You willing to give it up? Please. I hope it's not a marriage. I hope it's sports cards or something way less significant, but it's happened with me with friendships. It's absolutely happened with me with friendships. I've seen enthusiasm wane, not on my part, but on the other person's part. I've seen, I've seen the volume knob turned down in an instant relationships that, you know, were once strong and thriving and close and pretty, pretty much non-existent today. What am I going to do about it? My personality type is in those cases, typically I salute it and I move on. I usually do fight for it, but I fight for it really hard, really fast. And then I stop. And that's, that's exactly, you know, the one that I've got in mind. That's exactly what happened. I came out of the gate swinging and I fought hard for it. And I basically got crickets and I'm like, okay, easy decision. Now, now I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to respect the decision for the enthusiasm to not wane, but for the enthusiasm for this relationship to be completely gone. What am I going to do? push water up a hill, impose myself, manipulate, try to force the person to have a relationship because I want one, but they don't not going to happen. <laughs> not me, but I think this is where we have to really get in tune with ourselves. We've got to really know ourselves better. I don't have a lock on that. I'm still a work in progress. Trust me. Well, I sometimes correct people and say, for me, it sometimes isn't a work in progress. It's a work in process because sometimes the progress doesn't seem quite so much. If you get my drift, the ability to persist, to push through regardless of the adversity, we have got to get in touch with our ability to do that. And we've got to understand where we are right now. And then we have to be committed. And here's this is the huge one. We have got to be willing and committed to improve that ability every single day. Because trust me, as you get older, life is going to demand it. As podcasters say, you know, I've never had this many episodes in the can before. I've never had this many episodes pre-recorded prior to their release date. And I'm going to epilogue on this point. My enthusiasm for this podcast, my enthusiasm for the craft is doing anything but waning. 
if anything it's higher now than it's ever been and maybe the yellow studio 2.0 going away is a part of it i've hit the record button more in the last six weeks than i may have ever hit record because i know that i'm in a space i'm in a room i'm in a yellow room that is not going to be part of my future listen i'm i'm perfectly content about that i'm not sad about that but i am completely driven and motivated to make the most of it and let that be a metaphor for all of us let's just make the most of this let's find the things that we pursue because we think they're worth the sacrifice and they're worth the effort And if something more valuable happens, if my love for music gives way because I have a love for a woman, that's a fair trade. It doesn't happen to be a contest in my life. I can love music and I can love the woman that I love. And she knows I love her way more. But get in touch with the things that are worth sacrificing, the things that are worth the effort. And then find ways to improve and to grow your own persistence and your strength to push through. And it doesn't matter what the adversity is. Just don't be the gatekeeper that opens the door and says, hey, intrusion, come on in. Wreck my enthusiasm and wreck my life. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. My name is Randy Cantrell. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio.